0: You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for some mind control experiments. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. And you are listening to pain.tv slash gold, folks. You know what the crazy part was, this guy, Gottlieb? Jewish ancestry, folks. There's some information out there. I won't get into it today. But you ask yourself, how does this man go and do the very things that were supposedly being done to his own people to his own peeps folks like Yuval Noah Harari and Henry Kissinger and George Soros it just baffles my mind folks baffles my mind all right let's continue with this I'm going to get through this and I'm going to show you where this links up with what we're doing here This section on how these experiments were unsupervised. Gottlieb operated almost completely without supervision. Now this, I don't buy it. All right. They're giving him money. They're letting him buy up all the LSD. They're helping him set up bogus foundations. He obviously did not do that himself. They are setting him up overseas with these uh, secret detention centers that were torture sites in various countries across europe and asia and uh obviously funded and he's running mind control experiments and bringing in drugs and then distributing the drugs across the country and then they want us to believe that this was without supervision see then he's just a fall guy he's just a patsy right no 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 the state does not get off on this folks This stuff was done in our names. It's still being done today. I mean, when you see that the government gave him the money to buy the world supply LSD, and now you see the government in partnership with its front men like Peter Thiel, about ready to legalize psychedelics, experimenting on the veterans and everything. What's the difference, folks? That means it's still going on. The government is still behind it all right it says gottlieb operated almost completely without supervision we had sort of a checkoff from his titular boss and from his real boss richard helms and from the cia director alan dulles all right but none of them really wanted to know what he was doing oh no they they didn't want to know anything folks no 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 you just fund him and let him run around and do his own thing He's like, I got to go overseas to set up secret torture sites. They go, oh, no, 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 sir. We don't want to know what you're doing. Wow. Goes on. This guy had a license to kill. He was allowed to requisition human subjects across the United States and around the world and subject them to any kind of abuse that he wanted, even up to the level of it being fatal. Killing them, folks. Yet nobody looked over his shoulder. Right. Okay, sure. It says, Gottlieb never had to file serious reports to anybody. I think the mentality must have been that this project is so important. Mind control, if it can be mastered, is the key to global world power. Now, I will say this. Do I believe that the people above him that were funding him and allowing him to do this believe that mind control if mastered was the key to global power yeah oh yeah i'm pretty sure they thought that do i believe that this guy was completely um unsupervised and he could do whatever he wanted no no because they needed to know that he was doing what needed to be done to get this mastered, and to give them the key to global world power. So, Alan Dulles and the boys don't get off on this one, folks. This is the state. Goes on to say, And how Gottlieb destroyed evidence about his experiments when he left the CIA. The end of Gottlieb's career came in 1973, when his patron, Richard Helms, who was the director of the CIA remember he came up uh during paperclip folks right uh was removed by president nixon once helms was gone it was just a matter of time until gottlieb would be gone and most important was that helms was really the only person at the cia who had an idea of what gottlieb had been doing Now, if I can get Ashton Gray on, I mentioned him yesterday, he can talk in depth about this. I'd love to know his theory on this, that Nixon was actually against MKUltra, worked to shut it down, and that's why they uh, apparently framed him and got him thrown out of office. I was not a crook! No! Uh, but I didn't like uh, MK Ultra. All right, it goes on to say. So as they were both on their way out of the CIA, they agreed that they should destroy all records of MK Ultra. Gottlieb actually drove out to the CIA Records center and ordered the archives to destroy boxes full of MK Ultra records. However, it turns out that there were some records found in other places. There was a depot for expense account reports that had not been destroyed and various other pieces of paper remained. So there is enough out there to reconstruct some of what he did But his effort to wipe away his traces by destroying all those documents in the early 70s was quite successful. See, so he was operating in secret. This is the official narrative. He was operating in secret. Nobody really wanted to know what was going on. He destroyed the boxes of records. But we found a few boxes that we could reconstruct uh, at least part of what he was doing. That's the narrative, folks. Like I said, I, I don't have the ability to dig a tunnel underground, sneak into Fort Dietrich, and get some documents that the world had never seen. But I can take this stuff that we do have access to, and there's a lot more than this. This is just, again, broad strokes here. Uh, we can take this, and we can then tie it into other pieces of information that we have and basically show you... How this program, in my mind, in my opinion, never actually ended. All right. So let me show you this. This is at uh, ir.library.louisville.edu. And this here says, Project MKUltra, a site of forgotten calamity. And so, I'm actually going to get into this later, but I just want to show you. It says, Project MKUltra refers to a set of top-secret CIA experiments that took place from 1953 to 1970 and involved unwitting subjects being administered drugs and hypnosis. All right, and as we know, folks, as we know it was about mind control, right? They believed that they could master mind control, they could take over the global world power. Now, we are supposed to believe, let me make this clear, we are supposed to believe, if you look at the mainstream narrative, that, and I'm gonna go back to yesterday, that World War II's II wrapping up. We helped defeat the Nazis with our allies, okay? We already had an agreement on how Germany was going to be split up. So the Soviets got a piece. The uh, French got a piece. The British got a piece. We got a piece. And so all of a sudden, we go, wait a second. The Soviets might start hiring these Nazi scientists and engineers to help them develop weaponry and run Frankenstein technology. So we, the United States, the good guys, Team Freedom over here, we have to hire the Nazi scientists first. Boom! We launch Operation Paperclip. We start bringing scientists and engineers, Nazis, high-ranking Nazis, back to the United States and embed them into government agencies and departments within those agencies. At the same time, We start employing a number of these Nazis over in Europe to work as spies for us against the Soviet commies. And then we end up bringing them back in and retiring them here in the United States. While this is happening, Sidney Gottlieb, a Jewish gentleman, launches MKUltra under the CIA And he hires Nazis and Japanese torturers to come and train him on torture mechanisms, mind control, and using biochemical weapons to kill people. While that's happening, he buys up all of the world's supply of the LSD with the government's permission and spreads it unwittingly folks unwittingly around the country launching this anti-establishment counterculture he at the same time sets up a number of bogus foundations funnels the lsd into the universities hospitals and prisons and asks those people those fine folks to run experiments on mind control while that's going on, he sets up a series of secret torture chambers over in Europe and in Asia and literally tortures people to death. But don't worry, because those people were deemed to be expendable. Now, as far as we are supposed to believe, this took place between 1953 and 1973. Okay, so. The beginning date of this, um, 1953, is shortly after, within five years, of us beginning to bring the Nazi scientists and engineers over to the United States. Totally makes sense. So, one of the things we obviously learned from those scientists and engineers was about LSD and mind control. So, old Sydney there gets put in charge of running this program but don't worry folks don't worry because the government had labeled certain people expendable almost like the nazis calling the jews subhuman subhuman mongrels and cockroaches and such and they were expendable they could run experiments on them they could torture them to death well now our cia threw a jewish fella named Sidney gottlieb is given permission to start picking and choosing who's expendable while our government runs torture programs using these people, mind control programs, trying to break their mind and replace it with another mind, while also testing biochemical weapons. But don't worry, they would never do that to you. They would never label you expendable As Yuval Noah Harari, the king philosopher of the World Economic Forum, has said you are useless humans. They would never, ever label you expendable and put a jab into your arm that has something in there that maybe they're trying to kill you. Maybe they're running an experiment on you. Maybe they are testing nanobots on you to see how it goes before they put them into their own body. Don't worry about it, folks. The United States is good, and Sidney Gottlieb is a patriot who was just looking out for America. Ladies and gentlemen, when we get back, I'll tie this in to the Cyborg Soldier Program. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. you listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on TV. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is TV slash gold. I am Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard, folks. And we are connecting the dots here bringing you from Operation Paperclip right up to the Cyborg Soldier Program. So let me just remake that point. Not the long timeline I just gave you, but the point about, uh, again, we're over at ir.library.louisville.edu, but just right here where it says, the top secret CIA experiments that took place from 1953 to 1973. All right, so... 53 to 73 gottlieb is running around doing these torture experiments mk ultra mind control all right now let me just show you this is just interesting so it says it starts in 1953 and we'll go down this road eventually when we get into depth on this stuff but we have right here darpa was founded in 1958 now have I looked into whether or not DARPA being founded in 1958 connects it all to Sidney Gottlieb's MK Ultra? No, no, I haven't. I'm starting to work on this, but I just want to show you how my brain works here. So I go, okay, Gottlieb starts in 53 with the mind control experiment stuff, which we obviously got the information from. The operation paperclip nazis and then it's admitted to that uh Gottlieb brings the nazis and the japanese torturers in to teach him about how they tortured people and how they killed them so we look at 1958 darpa starts okay now we're going to just go right over here to the darpa website i've showed you this before but this is darpa defense advanced research projects agency so i'm at darpa.mil that's military DARPA.mil, and this is the DARPA, uh, DARPA and the Brain Initiative. We talked about this before. Okay, I gave you an introduction to the Brain Initiative, and I owe you a deep dive, but I just want to show you something. The White House announced the BRAIN Initiative in April 2013. Today, the initiative is supported by several federal agencies, as well as dozens of technology firms, academics, institutions, scientists, and other key contributors to the field of neuroscience. DARPA is supporting the BRAIN Initiative through a number of programs, continuing a legacy of DARPA investment in neurotechnology that extends back to the 1970s. Okay, so what do we have? We have this MKUltra taking place from 53 to 73, we have DARPA being founded in 58. And then we have DARPA themselves admitting that the precursor to the brain initiative, right, which is an investment in neurotechnology, extends back to the 1970s. And so they have a link here on the DARPA website. It says a legacy of DARPA investment in neurotechnology. You click the link and then it brings you over to this website, ScienceDirect.com. And it says here, DARPA-funded efforts in the development of novel brain computer interface technologies, right? That's the brain chip going into the head or the uh, transcranial electronic stimulation helmet that Dr. Charles Morgan III talked about or that DARPA is developing under a program called N3. But so DARPA, the military, links to this abstract here. Which says the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency has funded innovative scientific research and technology developments in the field of brain-computer interfaces since the 1970s. Goes into depth on this. We're not going to do this today. But I'm showing you here. MKUltra was 73 to 53. Or I'm sorry, 53 to 73. Then you had DARPA launching in 1958. And then you have DARPA admitting that they were investing in this uh, neurotechnology into developments in the field of brain-computer interfaces, going all the way back to the 70s, which overlaps with MK Ultra. Now, I've shown you this article before, but I'm pulling this back up because this fits in now. Remember, when we're listening to doctors Peter Emanuel and Diane Deolias, that we're about to get back to next segment. The Cyborg Soldier program that they're talking about, those are all the technologies that are coming out of DARPA and the Brain Initiative. That all ties together. All this brain-computer interface stuff is all connected back to the DARPA Brain Initiative. So, let me just show you. This is from LiveScience.com, and the article was written in May 2019 by Ed Ghent, And it is, the government is serious about creating mind-controlled weapons. And I skimmed this for you, but I just want to reread this for you. See, this is what happens when you do all this research. You could start to put all the pieces together, and we don't need access to the uh, Sidney Gottlieb files. We just read what they put out publicly, and then connect all the pieces together, which nobody does anymore. It says right here, DARPA... The Department of Defense's research arm is paying scientists to invent ways to instantly read soldiers' minds using tools like genetic engineering in the human brain, nanotechnology, and infrared beams. A lot of stuff that we covered here, okay? The end goal, thought-controlled weapons like swarms of drones that someone sends to the skies with a single thought or the ability to beam images from one brain to another. Now, we are being told in part, that it's about being able to control swarms of drones. But how do we know that's even true? I mean, we've reviewed it here, but like I said, we can only go off of what they say is the official narrative. But how do we know that's not fake? We know that Sidney Gottlieb, right, or at least we're supposed to believe, was running around using bogus institutions to get hospitals and prisons and universities to test LSD on people. So, we do know that they are building these brain interfaces and trying to popularize it. Otherwise, they wouldn't be sending Elon Musk out on stage like Iron Man. All right. It goes on to say, this week, DARPA announced that six teams, again, this is 2019, that six teams will receive funding under the Next Generation Non-Surgical Neurotechnology Programme. Participants are tasked with developing technology that will provide a two-way channel for rapid and seamless communication between the human brain and machines without requiring surgery. So... Folks, when we're listening to Dr. Peter Emanuel talk about the revolutionary moment where the human and the machine can communicate at a cellular level, this is what he's referring to, folks. This is what he's talking about. This is the next generation non-surgical Neurotechnology N3 program. And remember, I'm going to go back to DARPA because I highlighted this a few shows ago, and it's right here on DARPA's website under the Brain Initiative, the Next Generation Non-Surgical Neurotechnology N3 or N-Cubed Program. I call it n cube. It's got the N and the little cube three. And that's basically the transcranial electronic stimulation device that we watched in the presentation by Dr. Charles Morgan III that he gave to the West Point Academy cadets and faculty. But I'll just read from DARPA's site for a moment. It says, The NQ program aims to develop a safe, portable neural interface system capable of reading from and writing to multiple points in the brain at once. Whereas the most advanced existing neurotechnology requires surgical implantation of electrodes and cubed is pursuing high resolution technology that works without the requirement for surgery so that it can be used by able-bodied people. Let me just say that one more time in case you didn't hear it. All right. It's they're looking to have this portable interface that is capable of reading and writing to multiple points in the brain. And that is what Dr. Peter Emanuel talked about at the Left of Boom podcast, where they can read and write, upload, download, input, output, back and forth to the brain, folks. Some would call that mind control. I don't know. Maybe. All right, let's jump back over to the live science piece. It says... Quote, imagine someone who's operating a drone or someone who might be analyzing a lot of data, end quote, said Jacob Robinson, an assistant professor of bioengineering at Rice University who is leading one of the teams for DARPA. There's this latency where if I want to communicate with my machine, I have to send a signal from my brain to move my fingers or move my mouth to make a verbal command. And this limits the speed at which I can interact with either a cyber system or physical system. So the thought is maybe we can improve that speed of interaction. And that's what Elon Musk said in layman's terms on Joe Rogan Experience when he said that the limitation now between the connection of man and machine to form the full cyborg is that your thumbs can only type so fast or you can only speak so quickly to siri or to alexa or whatever and so that's why they want to put a brain chip in your head so you can talk faster to the computer Folks, this is merger, man, and machine, singularity, transhumanism. That's what this is, okay? That's what this is. It's not so you can type faster to your freaking computer. You can cut it from three seconds to a half a second. I mean, that's not why they're doing this. You do know that, right? It goes on to say that could be crucial as smart machines and a tidal wave of data threaten to overwhelm humans and could ultimately find applications in both military and civilian domains, right? Now, I'm going to read a little more from this article, and this is important. It's important because it ties everything together, folks. Advancing mind control. While there have been breakthroughs in our ability to read and even write information to the brain, these advances have generally relied on brain implants in patients, allowing physicians to monitor conditions like epilepsy. Brain surgery is too risky to justify such interfaces in able-bodied people, however. And current current external brain monitoring approaches like electro- encephalography eeg in which electrodes are attached directly to the scalp are too inaccurate as such darpa is trying to spur a breakthrough in non-invasive or minimally invasive brain surgery interfaces okay so what they're talking about there is instead of say going the musk route of drilling a hole in the back of your skull they want to be able to put a helmet on your head or do a minimally invasive surgery like maybe only implant the chip so far into your head that way more people would be willing to use this stuff or they could just strap you down and pop it on your head without having to do the whole surgery but don't worry because musk is in charge with his woke robot of figuring out how to speed up the surgery process It goes on to say, the agency is interested in systems that can read and write to 16 independent locations in a chunk of brain the size of a pea, with a lag of no more than 50 milliseconds within four years, said Robinson, who is under no illusion about the scale of the challenge. Quote, when you try to capture brain activity through the skull, it's hard to know where the signals are coming from and when and where the signals are being generated, end quote, he told Live Science. All right, are are, are you understanding where we're going with this, folks? I mean, what we're reading that they're doing today, does it not sound a lot like the Nazi experiments and drugging people up with LSD and torturing them like Gottlieb was doing? Quote, so the big challenge is, can we push the absolute limits of our resolution both in space and in space? time ladies and gentlemen in time i will be right back think about this stuff absorb it i'm going to make the point when we get back for the break and then we're going into dr peter emmanuel so we can wrap up with the left boom podcast ladies and gentlemen i am dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard and i will be right back right here on pain.tv slash gold more listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv